Whether you're on the sales or marketing team or running the company, the Ascend Business Podcast with James Jacoby and Bill Walton is here to help you learn methods and ideas on digital sales and marketing that gives you the daily edge you need to make stuff happen. So get motivated, prepare to learn, and build your confidence so you can get in front of your prospects faster and more easily to become unstoppable in your business. Subscribe now so you can ascend today. All right, welcome back. This is the Ascend Business Podcast with your host, James Jacoby and Bill Walton. And this is episode six. Today, we're going to get into how to do sleuthing and really put yourself in a position to sell the meeting with confidence, doing it assertively, and and really having a a welcome response from your buyer. Bill, good to have you back. James, great to be here. We've got a great lineup for today. And uh, pumped to be continue our, um, our journey with our listeners on helping them win the fourth quarter. And this is going to be another example of us living into our brand of not the what, but leaning heavily on the how. So great to be with you. Great to be with you too. We always like to get into the, to the what, not just the theoretical how. The theory is nice, but we want to know how to implement. That's where everyone wants to do, you know, get things done today. So I'm glad we're there. So this is a topic that has really bubbled up, you know, from our last several LinkedIn live series and some, some previous podcasts where you know, the, the viewers and the listeners have really enjoyed this conversation and, and they've really taken an interest to, this is what I'm looking for. This is, you know, it's how, how do I know what to say to a cold prospect that I haven't talked to in a while? How do I enter the conversation? So it's not salesy, but what we call, you know, issue fluent and it immediately changes the direction of the conversation to a place that the buyer would want to talk about. It's like, how do you get there? And then there's obviously there's prerequisite steps we must take in order to do that, but then it's also executing, right? Yeah. And, you know, I, I loved our conversation. You know, again, two guys who still carry the bag conversation we had this morning, you know, I was away for the weekend and got a chance to very rarely do kind of pour over the wall street journal. And I, and I kind of put it down and I realized, Oh my gosh, there are so many nuggets in that paper that um, really support what we're doing. But, you know, that's part and parcel of this concept of sleuthing. And I, I, I want to go a little deeper on that. So let's talk about a, a, a vehicle like the wall street journal and, and how to read it and what to look for. You know, I'm a big soft focus, fine focus kind of guy. So you really want to look at, you know, what the paper chooses to put down the left-hand column in the features, what's made it to the, the first section, what's happening in money and investing. Now, you might not think in your business that I should read the money investing portion because I'm really not a finance person. I'm not a Wall Streeter. But what you want to do is you want to be able to understand money in motion. You want to understand which businesses are investing in other businesses and, and what, what's trending in terms of either industries or the materials, you know, that the, the organizations that support other industries to get the gestalt picture. And sometimes the best way to look at the Wall Street Journal is go over to your desk, push everything off your desk and unfold it and put it out on the desk and look at it. What is the trend? What's happening here? Because that's going to help you now 
think about how to be a good sleuth in your preparation for a, a meeting or just being in service to existing clients. We're going to come back to a tool. You might have heard us use the acronym called MAIN, like Main Street, M-A-I-N. And that's an acronym for market, account, individual, and network. And where MAIN plays in sleuthing is really helping you think about, well, what information should I be looking at? And when do I know if, quote, unquote, I'm prepared? And then how does that feed into me asking for a meeting? So if you remember, M is for the market. What's happening in the actual market, the industry that your, your client or your prospect is operating in? Current trends, money in motion, any breakthrough technology, what are they struggling with? What's their pebble in their shoe? What's everyone high-fiving each other about? That is in the market piece of Maine. Next is the account. What's the culture? What are they trying to do around talent? Have they had any breakthroughs? What are they What are they choosing to say about themselves when you go to the news section on their website or whatever's blogging or whatever you might see in LinkedIn? I think a lot of companies are trying to support their employees and let them know, and hey, we've got your back. We're supporting diversity and inclusion. We're supporting talent management. We want to let you know we're doing the right things for our environment. We're trying to be good corporate citizens in the communities we operate, and that's all great stuff to do. Uh, but you want to see, you know, what's the angle of that? What, from a business perspective, how are they trying to align that talent to achieve the mission? Like, what's the connection? This is where sometimes I hate when someone says the phrase without saying what they mean or saying how to do it, connect the dots. But these are the dots we are connecting. We're connecting what's happening in the market. Why is a company investing so much of its talent, right? We want happy, uh, engaged, enthusiastic employees that do their best work because they know that what that work contributes to a higher mind, why we're actually doing the work. And then the individual, whoever you're calling on, right? What level, what, what's their title? What are their, what's changing in their environment? What are their personal self-interest? And the best way to do that is to Google their job description and take a look at the job and, and, and what the requirements are. You're going to know very quickly what, what conversation you might want to have with someone by looking at the job description. Sometimes I look at the job description of the folks that James and I are calling on. We're like, holy smokes, that you do all that? <laughs> That's your job, right? And then you want to tap into the networks based on your industry, whether you're in the industry, industry the plastics industry, the auto industry, um, SaaS computer software, cybersecurity, whatever vertical that you're in. What conferences and think tanks are out there that you can take a look at and, and make a beeline right to the agenda? Right. These organizations, these conferences are, are in service to the community. Oh, by the way, they want to make a buck or two. So those agendas have to be impactful to attract people to come. What's on the agenda? I remember a couple of years ago, we're working with a client who, as part of the sales process, they always had to run through procurement. So I said, well, let's take a look at the top three procurement conferences. What's on the agenda? And here's what I found. Only 20% of the agenda had to do with procurement issues. The other issues were, hey, now procurement has got the big seat at the table. It's not necessarily procurement. It's part of supply chain. And now they have to manage people. They have to coach. They have to understand what marketing and sales and manufacturing wants. I can't just say, okay, here's your truckload of chlorine. I bought it at a really great price. Go make your stuff with it. It has to all be integrated. So what has happened in that profession? They've had to become business people. So. Yeah, you got to kind of put your business acumen hat on. And that's what I mean by connecting the dots. Main and sleuthing helps you connect the dots. And then at some point, you got to say, well, what's happening here? What's my hypothesis? 
And so I would say, don't even send an email or, 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 or a LinkedIn invitation or a request for a meeting until you have a hypothesis of value. So that's part one of this concept of sleuthing. And we're doing this to sell a meeting or advance an opportunity. And right now we're in the fourth quarter. You, you not, if you remember our, our last LinkedIn Live, we talked about closing the fours and the threes on the pipeline, right? The fours were where you submitted a proposal and either you're negotiating or, or wrangling, wrangling about the executional details. Or number three, you've now come to the conclusion that, hey, we're ready. You're, you know, we've left no stone unturned. You haven't either. Let's go to proposal because um, we've seen the news and we're ready to report on it, so to speak. So whether you're selling a meeting to review it, selling a meeting to establish the proposal, or selling a meeting to introduce yourself to someone, you want to be able to use these assets that you, you capture from your sleuthing to sell a meeting. Now, what are some of the reasons to meet? Now, James and I can't hypothesize or guesstimate or have look into your own crystal ball in terms of who would be ideal to meet with. But a couple things ring out for me is that there's a certain um, population that I know James and I call on and that, that James and I have called on in the past, whether it's senior HR executives, senior financial executives, uh, CTOs or, or heads of, uh, if you're selling software, heads into sales enablement or financial uh, enablement, right? To, depending on where, where your application sits and the value that it delivers, that's, you want to understand the reason for that meeting. Now, how you tee up that meeting is not, hey, I've got the latest thing. I've got to, I've got to meet with you because I've got this laundry list of capabilities and facts, features, and functionality. We got to talk because my list is longer than my competitors. How's that sound? How about next Tuesday? I'll be like, no, no, but didn't hook me, didn't hook me. Mm -mm. But hey, um, James, uh, I've been looking at sales and marketing organizations, and because we are now in the era of digital sales and marketing, salespeople have to be as good of a marketer and content generator as they do salespeople. And oftentimes they don't have the tools, either they have to rely too heavily on their existing CRM, which really doesn't do anything for outbound marketing, it's a good tracking tool, or they have to find someone in digital marketing to look for content, or they find you know, some smattering of things that they can use in their own kind of outreach. And so if we would sell, so uh, Ascend Advisors has Ascend CRM, which to me is really a sales and marketing engine that does more than just CRM. And we use it. It's a tool that we use because it helps us with our email blasts. We're designing web pages and invitations for executive briefings in this tool. We're able to, once leads come in from LinkedIn and our other sources, immediately have that come into our, our mailbox and see who's worthy. And we're, and we're driving interaction based on how folks come to us through a website, one of our QR codes at, a, at, a, at, a, at an event or in a, any other way that we're reaching out. And again, one of those ways is this uh, podcast that we're on. So one of the things that I would you know, posit, so if that's an example, if we can kind of live, live this with you is, I'd want to go to some head of sales or head of marketing and say, um, we're seeing that this era of remote selling is requiring salespeople to do more. And I know that organizations like yours have invested in digital marketing folks, They've now come into the limelight. They're adding a heck of a lot of value to the point where you can't have a sales strategy without a content strategy. 
but salespeople need support too. And that's what I wanted to come talk to you about is I'm finding some things and some ways that salespeople can feel supported if we're being asked them to operate this way. And I thought when we got together, we could have a good conversation about that and offer mm. some options, right? So yeah, James, let me kind of pause here. So James, as I kind of riff with you on this, what were some of the things, what was I selling and what, what was I once, what was I not selling and what worked for you in that little kind of repartee uh, for our yeah. audience? So this is, I, I just, I just wrote this down to kind of rephrase what you just said. And, and, and really this, if, if you, this, this should hopefully land the plane. So think about it this way. Bill opened that up with kind of giving a state of the state on what's happening in business in reference to that particular focus area. And the hypothesis that Bill has <clears throat> is that this person cares about that. We don't know. We think we do. With best calculated sleuthing, we have a high, high percentage chance that they do, but we're about to find out. And so what I wrote down is, you know, if they've thought about what you just said, like the state of the state, if they've thought about it, and that then they're they're likely that they they're doing something about it as well, and most likely they have ideas about that particular state of the state topic, and they're probably looking at into some answers and looking for answers and other ideas from other people as well. Um, they're most likely curious to test something around that idea, around that topic for their business to get a specific result. And so all those things are very viable and possible if the overarching topical focus is right. And if it's right, then what we're really doing here, guys, is we're really checking to see if our point of view matches their point of view. And if their point of view is in align with ours, then that, that would mean that those things I just said are most likely happening right now in real time. They're, they're thinking about that issue. They're doing something about it. <clears throat> they have ideas about it. They're looking for answers. They're curious to test some things that, with this that they want to see different in their business to get a result that they want. And so that conversation is whoa, I want to have this conversation because this is meaningful to me. We, don't even, we haven't sold a thing yet. We haven't brought up any product or service, if you noticed. We haven't brought anything up. We literally have brought up a, a what we call, again, no, no better way to say this, but an issue-fluent point of view focus on that person's business that, that they care about. So... That's that's what I took away from what you said, Bill. And I just wanted to kind of di kind of dissect it into that. Um, because that's really what we're doing here. And if we if we use that framework for our, our conversations, we should have really, really rich dialogue. Um, and, yeah. and like, you yeah. know, we're we're really assuming that we're equal. I mean, that's that's the other part of this. We're assuming that we're equal at the table. And we're and that you can feel that when you say these say things the way we're talking about because you can feel almost the respect, you know, to them. They can feel that respect you're giving them versus talking down to them or selling to them on something, you know, or impersonal. You don't get any of that feeling, the way we're talking about, right? 
Well, and what's what sleuthing does, and and what we were sh- what we're sharing with the audience today does is, it, like you you hit it right on the head, James. We're assuming we are at equal business stature, and um, and and we're acting as if, you know, you and I have been doing that all our career. Little old us, me and you. I think we are shaping, reshaping sales enablement and how the sales forces of the future will go to market, how they can expand their influence and be more successful, do more with less, be more of a business person, which includes marketing, a little bit of social media. We got to do that now um, to have the greater impact. And I know all of our audience wonders, gosh, how am I going to do that all in a day? It's we're going to continue to share with you the activities that are just not achieving the results of, of, of yesterday. Um, but this is, this is key that the concept of selling the meeting value for time. And you should literally write it out, create your, have your top 10 list. You know, let's think about how we can help the audience create a top 10 list. I've got something to share that's relevant to your job. I'm seeing a trend. So that's one. Number two, I recently have been convinced there is a trend happening around, let's just say whatever it is, sustainability. Organizations have worked sustainability into the business strategy. It's not just a person that they hire to go do the sustainable thing and say, yeah, yeah, we're doing right for the environment. No, it's it's a business strategy. And I want to share with you some sustainability journeys that... Um, our, our, our clients and the folks that we know are on um, saw a major development in a technology that I think will impact your supply chain. Recent development in regulation that will ease restrictions on a supply chain. So I'm, I'm just riffing here. Those are three or four. James, what are some of the ones that come to mind, right? Reasons to meet. Reasons to meet. I mean, Remember, if, if someone wants to meet with you now in Q4, it's either going to be one, they haven't, ur- most likely it's, and they agree to meet with you. It's because they have something urgent still this year that they want to figure out and solve. You do not want to go in, into 2022 with this hanging over their head and they're, they're willing to deal with it now. Or they are in strategic planning now for 2022. And this is the right window of time to hear new ideas and have discussions for, for later quarter planning and later next year. It's really, those are the two, in my mind, the two buckets of why someone would meet with you and why it's worth their time. Because it's solving a problem now or it's solving a future problem that they plan to solve already next year. And, and they're open to fielding that today. Um, and, here, and here's what salespeople need to be, need to put their neck brace on for is that this is one of the few times in business where it's okay if you're wrong. You just want to be directionally correct. You just want to distinguish yourself amongst all the other salespeople that are probably calling this person to say, wow, this feels different. This looks different. This person's just looking for a conversation. I'm going to learn something. Or they were deferential and respectful enough in the manner in which they approached me that I'm going to redirect them and say, gosh, you know what, James, thanks for reaching out to me. Um, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Our real issue is this. And then guess what? You're golden. 
number one, you started you started the engagement pathway, right? The engagement trains left the station. Number two, they told you what their focus is. Now you can come back with something, a nugget of interest, not, oh yeah, we do that too, or we've got the solution for that. No, it's too early for that. But yeah, I've got some thinking around that too. Thanks for sharing that with me. It's funny. Um, you know, I'm, I'm seeing the same. 15 minutes. Now, today, like back in the day, you would say, um, yeah, let's just meet for 15 minutes. And everyone would say, well, gosh, what can you accomplish in 15 minutes? Today on a Zoom, 15 minutes with no distraction, no office, no having to wait for you to come up in the elevator and we're going to go get coffee and then have to sit in my waiting room. It's like, no, 15 minutes is a full 15 minutes. It's not a half an hour meeting surrounded by introductory pleasantries and an exit. So, and that can, that can be powerful. People will, 15 minutes is possible to accomplish something. And that's, um, and that's a good amount of time where you can kind of share some insight and then set up another meeting. And again, I, James and I are just, we are just very grateful and thankful that someone would meet with us and we were trying to help them be successful. So that's also selling a meeting. A couple things about how you want to make that process easy. For a long time, I was very hesitant to use any of these calendaring applications. And I would say that there's often times where in the dialogue, I kind of feel like that's the right thing to do especially if you're having a, a, which we, James and I often do, if you're having a to and fro dialogue on LinkedIn, particularly in Messenger, you can just make it easy. It's like, oh my gosh, I, I was thinking about this person the other day. I'm not enrolled yet. I'm, I'm literally telling you, I was, I was having this conversation with, with a former client and we want to set up a meeting. I, I just kind of said, hey, listen, if it's easier, let me just give you my calendar link and, and, and just find something that works for us over the next two weeks. Let's take the to and fro out of the, out of the mix. You know, please, you know, go ahead and do that. Because I never want anyone to think that you're my assistant. Here's my link. Book a meeting with me. It's not. It's to make it easy. So I'm a big fan of that. I'm also a big fan of saying, um, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll set something up for us and send a meeting link with a date, a Zoom invitation through your calendar, right? Th through Zoom and you know, suggest or schedule a meeting and just say, hey, James, really look forward to connecting. Hope this time works for us. Please feel free to adjust as necessary. 80% of the time, it's never a no. It's, gosh, I can't do that time. Let's make it, you know, whenever. Deference and respectful, but I'm not going to back away from the fact that this is my job. I'm at equal business stature, and I've got something to offer. On the flip side of that, if you haven't done what we've talked about in the last 20 minutes, and you are winging it, and you are hawking product, and you're not doing any research, and you're pushing for a meeting when you haven't earned the right, then I don't think you, in this day and age right now, I don't think you're going to be successful because I wouldn't say it's because of James Jacoby and Bill Walton, but clients and buyers and, and prospects are experiencing these business acumen laden conversations where folks like you, folks like all of us are rising above the din and separating themselves by selling the meeting and the reason. Now, part of that, and I'm going to hand this over to James because he is the master. Part of this though, has got to be, okay, let's, let's think about what someone might do. Let's just say they might be considering meeting with you. 
one of the first things they're going to do is go to your LinkedIn profile, see who is this person. Mm -hmm. And there's no better profiler (laughs) than James Jacoby to think about what we should do for our LinkedIn profile as we're selling meetings, because someone's going to check you out. So James, I'm going to give the baton back to you because there's no better uh, LinkedIn profile out there than yours. Um, Maybe maybe some wisdom for the, for the crew today on um, bulletproofing and and, and providing an insurance policy to the folks selling a meeting. And that's when they come back and check you out. So discuss. Yes. Thank you. So I have to go back and say something about something you just said in a second. And I want to, I want want to interrupt the flow of this. Please do. So let's do the profile first, but I, I got to go back and, and, and share some things that I'm seeing from some sellers out there that is really not good. So, hey, cliffhanger for you. So for <laughs> your profile, for your profile, think about it this way. This is your website, period. If these people have never heard of you before, I guarantee you they've probably, unless you're a huge Fortune 100 company, They've probably never heard of your company before either. And they're not likely to go first, go to Google, search up your company. They're not going to do that. They're going to go click on your profile. That's where they're going to go first. So your profile has to be designed from a marketing perspective in mind, which means it has to have some components that you would actually have in marketing strategy for your own company website, which means. You need to have things like SEO thought, thought strategy into your, into your profile page, meaning what are the 10 you know, top questions that your buyers are, are asking and looking at? Are you addressing and answering those questions in your profile? You should be. That's going to grab their attention. We need some strong headlines in your title. And you're in the top of your profile and your overview, but then we got to get into the what's on the minds of our buyers and what is the state of the state, as we discussed in this podcast. What's going on in their business? If if you're if you're focused on um, too many markets, it is our opinion that you're going to have some struggle with inbound lead acquisition and inbound traffic flow for lead generation because you're trying to talk to too many different people. And that's really difficult to do for any one person. It would be much easier if you made the decision to decide on one specific market focus that you can go an inch deep, but a mile down, you know, not an inch, a mile wide and an inch deep, but a, an inch wide and a mile deep. You want to have that, that market laser focus on, okay, on, okay, what industry can I serve the best? And what buyer type in that industry? Is it a VP of something? Is it a CXO of something? Is it a director of something? Is it a specific location? Is it a specific size of company in their growth stage? What is the, if I could replicate whatever that is, a hundred or a thousand times, that is really who you want to craft your profile around so that you can attract the same buyer over and over again to read it and for them to say yes to your point of view because they're going to say yes that is my point of view too this is exactly what i'm seeing you resonate with me i'm interested to talk with you because you are you are really over the top 
over the target on my business, my issues, and no one that I've seen on that's selling something is, is, is communicating so communicating so effectively as you. That's they may not say that to you, but that's what we want them to think when they're checking you out, right? That's the goal. So again, that's a little bit of theory, but I gave you some practicality there too. But that's really what we want to do on our profiles, guys, is that if we're not doing that, we're really doing ourselves a disservice because I will tell you, people are checking your profile out right now and you only have one shot. If that's, I don't, I can't think of how many times have you re-looked at someone's profile on the first, you know, the first time. It's either you look at it and then you're done or you look at it and you're like, whoa, that was cool. I'm going to come back, right? I, I can give you an example of that, right? And we were kind of doing this and I'd started this probably about two and a half years ago, you know, looking at some industries like in terms of warm doors. If you remember from our last LinkedIn live, we we're talking about warm doors prospecting, particularly in the fourth quarter, right? Warm doors, meaning uh, clients that are uh, prospects are ideal to current clients, uh, finding other opportunities within your existing client organization where you can cross sell and upsell or find new opportunity, right? Uh, demographics, firmographics, geography, <coughs> anything you can do that would create a familiar topography for you to kind of approach another opportunity. But we we found kind of a, a business platform a few years ago, taking a look at the insurance industry. Now the insurance industry has two main components. You have the big carriers out there like a, like a Chubb, like a Transamerica, like a Hartford, right? They originate the product and they underwrite that product. And then the insurance brokerage industry goes out and creates the distribution in these businesses represent the product, align the solution to the risk with clients, and they have a back office support engine and salespeople that go out and sell that. Well, that, that industry has grown over the last five to six years through merger and acquisition. And merger and acquisition gets expensive because you have to pay down the debt or be able to support a different level of, of, of revenue generation that made the merger possible. And I realized that in this industry, the credit card bill was in the mailbox and they hadn't looked at it yet. And they needed organic growth. And our and that was our kind of, we posited that, you know, you've got to have net new client origination and salespeople can only work so hard and make so many calls throughout the day. And we came up with our hypothesis was, hey, who's coming to the fore? Who's coming to the rescue? The day-to-day -day account manager that's talking to the client every day. Handling, picture the, picture the person that sends you the, your auto insurance ID cards in the mail or you have a billing issue, billing question. Those hardworking folks, the account professionals, they know their clients intimately. Who better to make an insurance recommendation? And we built almost a, a mini business based on this hypothesis where we saw a business opportunity for them as well as us. And you can do the same. And I'm sure your organization is providing you that. It's you need to carry that torch and that message as a business person and make it real but using the sleuthing piece that James and I talked about, using that kind of lay in the almost lay out the Wall Street Journal on the floor and kind of stand at it and look at it and say, what are the themes I'm seeing here? Even if you just bought, you know, once a week, you bought maybe the midweek edition of it. I know I'm going to do that, right? We, we need to eat our own cooking. But you know, I love what you're saying, James, there. And, you know, one of the things that I think you've adopted is we're all looking to build our issue fluency, but you can't do that in across 20 industries. No. And um, here, here, here's a, th this is happening a lot lately. I just real time stuff, right. Real time stuff. I I've been approached on 
numerous different times now in the last two weeks where the seller is quickly going into the conversation around beyond the basic, oh, what kind of business are you? What do you do? Ba-ba-bum, nicety stuff. They go right into their pitch and they and they have two things that are, are not not serving them well. This is not the, what you want to do. When we talk issue fluent, this is not what you want to do. Is they, one, use very big puffery claims and language that's almost exaggerated, exaggerated, uh, too big, too, too much. Now, um, for example, like, we're the best in the world at this. I'm like, well, okay, maybe, but says who? And, you know, do you even really need to say that? You know, um, and, and even, even further, I'm getting a lot of sellers that are name dropping particular people that they think are like super credible and amazing that I should know to say, oh, wow, you work with that person. But the problem is, is they're name dropping names that I have no idea who these people are. Like the, the, the relevancy to me is zero. So they're, they're trying to, what they're trying to do, but they're not doing and they're failing at it is they're trying to build credibility by saying we're, we're a legitimately awesome business and, here, and we're working with really great clients that you should know. And you know that, that if these kinds of people are working with us, then you, know, you should too kind of thing. But if you haven't done your sleuthing properly, and you go for that approach where you try to use credibility statements that are wrong, it's gonna do two things. One, you're gonna miss. It's gonna literally be like, that literally has zero value to me. I have no idea who you're talking about and I don't know what they do and I don't even know if we're the same company. And two, you just showed me that you didn't do your homework and you're, you're assuming that I know something that I don't and now I don't, I'm not as interested as I was before because you're you're trying to sell me without really demonstrating you know what you're talking about. So, you know, we're all smart buyers today. We're probably the smartest buyers we've ever been in business. Why? Because we're buyers, us buyers, we're looking at your website, we're looking at your profile, we're looking at you know, we're, we're judging you on the spot to see, okay, what do you got? Do you really know my business? Do you really know what we're thinking about? Like, I'll know in 30 seconds or less based on what you say, if, if you have something worth discussing, you know, and, and buyers are going to research you before they meet with you. And if you catch them off guard and it's cold, they're going to, they're going to have a lot of questions before they want to give you their time. So this, what we're talking about today is really, it's, it's, it's essential. This is essential to get right. If you want to, if you want to accelerate the speed of your conversation to cold or not interested, or you don't know to very interested, intrigued, um, trusted and earning the right to meet was what we call that, right? Earning the right to meet because you're demonstrating in real time that you've done your homework, you've done the proper sleuthing, you've done their, the proper you know, state of the state of what's going on in their business, and, and their point of view is in agreement with your point of view that you just shared. Um, without selling a dang thing, you're not selling a product, you're not selling a service, we're selling, we're, we're just sharing 
our point of view. That's it. When you do it right, you will get a great conversation. James, I'm thinking um, great job. And uh, again, hopefully if you're listening to this podcast and, and hopefully you're referring it to others, you're getting the nits and the grits and you're getting the how, not just two guys talking about the what. Um, I, I want to go, I would like to celebrate some success stories out there of you using what we've talked about today in terms of selling meetings. James, why, why don't you give, uh, as a wrap up, I would like to offer that folks send us their success stories and we, we would chronicle them. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, if you wanted to be, uh, you know, certainly noticed for that or celebrated for that, we would, but we could also protect the names, you know, to protect the innocent as well. But we'd want to hear from you. This is, this is interactive, right? You, listen. Yes. Great. But let us know how you're doing. We want to celebrate your success because we're, we're, you know, giving hand is always full. We're giving back to this community. So I'm going to, I'm going to, that's my piece for today. Thanks for listening. The topic again was sleuthing and ways to sell a meeting now, because now we're, I think we believe in what another 70, 69 days or, or 70 days to the end of the year. People are already counting down to Thanksgiving as well as the, the high holidays around the, the end of the year. So um, we're going to keep pushing for you. And so you know, f- 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 feed the till, give us something back. Let us know how yeah. you're doing. So, yeah, I'm, so I'm, I'm out. Thank you, James. Yeah. Um, just text us or email us. Text us. This is our main business number, 973-310-2803. You can text us how you're feeling or what you're hearing or what's working for you. We'd love to hear from you or email us at info at ascendadvisors.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll see you next time.